I'm Bridget Allen. I'm Samantha Sherris. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Monday, March 13th. Here are today's headlines. Silicon Valley Bank has collapsed, but President Joe Biden says Americans should feel confident in the U.S. banking system, per ABC News. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Biden spoke to the American people from the White House on Monday and restated much of what the Treasury Department said in a press release over the weekend. The president explained that the government is going to ensure depositors don't lose their money, even though Silicon Valley Bank has folded. Biden says the cost of the bank losses won't be borne by the American taxpayer. So where is the money coming from to pay the depositors who had money sitting in Silicon Valley Bank? The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation guarantees deposits in banks up to $250,000. But the majority of the deposits in Silicon Valley Bank exceeded that. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation has agreed to go beyond the $250,000 and cover all depositors' costs in full. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. Biden also said that those who invested in Silicon Valley Bank itself will not be refunded for their investments. Investors took a risk investing in the bank. The bank folded. Investors lost their money. And according to Biden, that's how capitalism works. Be sure to check out the Daily Signal podcast tomorrow morning for a deep dive into what happened to Silicon Valley Bank and what it means for the future of the American economy. A group of about 1,000 illegal aliens rushed across the border from Mexico into Texas on Sunday. This video was shared on Twitter by Fox News's Bill Malusian and shows migrants running across the Paso del Norte Bridge, which connects Mexico to El Paso, Texas. The migrants were trying to force their way into the United States. The crowd included individuals of all ages, including children. Customs and Border Protection said in a statement that the large crowd posed a threat to make mass entry. Barricades were used to stop the migrants from illegally entering the country in mass. CBP shut down all traffic on the International Bridge last night, but the bridge has now been reopened. Also this week, in California, detransitioners held a rally in Sacramento to talk about the ways the transgender movement has harmed them. Detransitioners like Chloe Cole, who we've had on this show, spoke at the rally and warned of the dangers of the trans movement, specifically the dangers that it poses to children. Shortly before the rally began, counter-protesters arrived. They were dressed in all black and appeared to be members of Antifa. The Heritage Foundation's digital production specialist Tim Kennedy was there with a camera covering the event and was assaulted by Antifa. He joins us now to explain what happened. Tim, thanks for being here. Glad you're all right. Thanks for having me. So explain what this scene looked like. How many of these Antifa protesters showed up at this rally? Yeah, so during the D-Trans rally, about catty corner to it, of the state house there, or the state capitol, I should say, there was a group of about 40 
individuals, you know, clad in black, carrying makeshift shields, other blunt weapons, covering their faces. And, and what, what were have they you. doing? They were at first chanting kind of off to the side, mm-hmm. um, not really, you know, they st- stuck to their like black block, their huddle and whatnot. And, you know, they arrived probably 30, 40 minutes before the event. Okay. And so I headed down there once I heard a commotion um, just to, you know, get some B-roll, some footage of what was happening. So you had camera in hand. You were obviously with the press because you had a large camera rig on your shoulder. Yes, exactly. And you walked over towards them, started filming. What happened? Within less than five minutes, uh, in between takes of filming, a gentleman, again, clad in black with a baseball helmet on and a mask and goggles, uh, just lunged at me from the crowd with what I thought was a bat. And then looking back on it was kind of a metal baton and just whacked me in the arm out of the blue, you know, had, you know. It was completely unprovoked, oh. completely random. Um, again, I was there very briefly, about five minutes, and yeah, it just happened instantly and uh, right in front of the police in broad daylight. So frightening. So right after that happened, because I've, I've watched the video, you wrote a piece for the Daily Signal. We'll be sure to leave it in the show notes. Um, but you immediately walked the, you know, maybe 20 feet over to where the police were standing And what did you say to the police officers? I was like, hey, this guy, you saw it. He just hit me. Um, You're going to go and detain him. You're going to go and arrest him. And, you know, you can see in other videos that were posted there, um, they're replying, we're working on it. We're working on it, guys. Um, They weren't working on it uh, in the moment. Um, After I was hit, there were other reporters that were pepper sprayed by other Antifa-esque thugs. Uh, you could taste it in the air right in front of the police again. Um, moments later, there was a, another reporter, videographer, that got his head smashed um, with a metal pole as well mm. right in front of police, too. Um, there were no signs that they would go out and disperse the crowd that was clearly no longer peaceful, definitely transitioning into a mob for sure. So what what do you think was the reason why police weren't taking any action. I mean, usually that's the response of police is when they see violence carried out in a public setting, uh, like during a rally, actions taken. That's what we expect in America, that our police protect us. I I think, yes, you're hitting the nail on the head. I think that had the crowd been overall a mass mob of 100 people, I could understand if the police didn't want to get involved in that moment, fearing their own safety. Hmm. Um, but that just wasn't the case. Yeah. There were, you know, people attacking others on the periphery. So for them to get involved in that instance would have been appropriate, in my humble opinion. Uh, why they didn't do it eludes me till this day. Hmm. Um, their follow-up, I'll give them some credit. Sacramento PD was stellar. You know, I had an officer call me, take a statement within an hour. You know, I had a forensics team come out, and then a detective later called me saying that they picked up someone. Um, but you have to ask yourself, you know, how much taxpayer money, how much resources were spent in the intervening periods to find this individual when they could have just done it at, you know, a much cheaper, much faster expedited cost right then and there sure 
Well, Tim, we're really glad that you're okay, that you're safe. You're made it back to the office okay here on Monday. Uh, And we will be sure to leave that link in today's show notes with your piece that you wrote for the Daily Signal that also includes uh, the video and photos of what exactly happened uh, at that rally and specifically with Antifa. So thank you, Tim, though, for joining us today. Thank you. In Ukraine, the fighting remains intense over the eastern city of Bakhmut. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky said on Sunday that Ukraine's forces had managed to eliminate more than 1,100 enemy soldiers since March 6th. Meanwhile, Russia claims it killed more than 220 Ukrainian soldiers in a 24-hour period. In other news, Chinese leader Xi Jinping plans to visit Russia next week to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin. But Xi Jinping may also meet with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky likely after his meeting with Putin. If Xi Jinping and Zelensky do meet, it will be the first time since Russia launched its invasion over one year ago. We will keep you up to date on this possible meeting as more information becomes available. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us here on The Daily Signal's Top News. If you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be sitting down with Heritage Foundation Research Fellow in Economics, Peter St. Ong, to discuss the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank and what it means for America's economic future. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach even more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read and appreciate all of your feedback. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you all have a great night, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow morning for a discussion with Peter St. Ong on the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.